Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. Is Nuwana's now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. ESPN Radio Missoula. Glad you're with us. Nuwana's now here on Western Montana Sports Leader. Jeff Safford rolling you along along with Andrew Houghton producing today. Still on that baby vibe. Congratulations to Coulter Nuwana's. We'll keep the baby hits rolling through Nuwana's now. If you missed anything in the first hour, had a fabulous first hour of the show. The podcast is available on any podcast network hosting platform. Nuwana's Now podcast is presented by Schulte Law, the M Store, as well as MSU Bookstore. Heard from Travis DeCure in the first hour. Talk some Hall of Fame and a new Pioneer League baseball team coming down the pipe. Also talked some hockey action with Ben Folks, a local writer from the Pulp. So a lot of fun stuff coming down the pipe. Now here, starting off hour number two, it's going to be all football all the time. Coulter Nuanez and Brooks Nuanez touching on NFC championship matchups brought to you by Sportsbet Montana. All football all the time presented by Sportsbet Montana. Get that Sportsbet Montana website in your life as well as the app, sportsbetmontana.com. All sorts of different information on how to bet, where to bet. Information on how to get the app. You can monitor all the different lines, point spreads, totals, over-unders, everything that's on the docket each and every day. You can also find out places to bet by scrolling down and clicking on location. Sportsbet Montana are proud to present all football all the time each week here on ESPN Radio. So that was Colter Nuanas, a few things about Sportsbet Montana. And now, without further ado, let's hear from Brooks Nuanas and Colter Nuanas, all football, all the time, looking at the upcoming conference championship game matchups. Two spots in Las Vegas at the big game will be clinched this weekend. Let's see what they got to say. Well, football all the time here on ESPN Radio. Brooks Nuanas joining us like he does each week. And now, all of a sudden, we are into the final four of the NFL playoffs. Championship Sunday coming up on Sunday. It's presented by Sportsbet Montana. No matter where you're at, around Montana, is a Sportsbet Montana kiosk. They got all sorts of different options. The in-game parlay stuff is super fun, as are a lot of the prop bets. The farther you get in the playoffs, the more you know the players. So if you think, okay, the Niners, they got Brock Purdy. He's going to have to play well for them to beat you know, to beat the Lions in the NFC Championship game, maybe go find some some in-game parlays or some in-game prop bets. I like looking at them on my phone on the app before I go in there and, and do it because then you can just execute it right there at the kiosk and get it done. You want to find locations, visit sportsbetmontana.com or get the Sportsbet Montana app uh, in your life. Uh, first of all, a couple of questions for you before we get to guessing the Lions. It's, uh, it's a lot less fun to guess Lions when there's only two games compared to 16 like we had during the regular season, but it is a fun time of year. Do you get sad when it gets to be this time? I was thinking this yesterday. In terms of the magnitude of the games, it's hard to say that it's not awesome when it's Championship Sunday or the Super Bowl. Sure. But I think that the divisional round's the best. 
Because you have four games that have center stage. They're the only game on. You're not distracted by anything else. You just watch four games. Two on Saturday, two on Sunday. And now, starting this week, there's just less football. There's just not multiple days of football on. I think this means I'm addicted. Yeah, I will. It's <laughs> you and everyone else, Colter. They, <laughs> yes. they said that uh, Chiefs-Bills was the most viewed thing on Saturday television in American history. <laughs> 57,000 or 57 million, million people. I mean, come on. So everyone else is into it, too. Yeah. I get more sad when the, when it's like week 17. It's kind of when I start to lose it because then week 18, there's people sitting. Yeah. Teams aren't playing their starters. Um, and it feels like that rush of Thursday. Sunday by mm-hmm. weeks eight, 17, 18 they've been playing on Saturdays now you know so then you have Thursday, Saturday Sunday, yeah. Monday and you have teams playing for the playoffs so there's like early playoff games and that's when I start to say oh this is coming towards an end. Yeah it's it, <laughs> it's depressing it really shows us how unbelievably entertaining it is though and man has it been great. I mean I know that a lot of people thought that the, the wild card round was full of stinkers because the, the margins of victory and defeat were so large and I get what you're saying but this last weekend was pretty awesome. I mean, he had uh, three out of the four games come all the way down the wire. The one that didn't, the Ravens just exerted their their will on the Texans, and I, that's not that surprising given you got a first-year head coach and a rookie quarterback going against, I think, indisputably the best team in the AFC. Uh, I want to just go rapid-fire thoughts out of those four games, though. I find it so perplexing still that Lamar Jackson's about to win his second MVP. Ravens got the best record in the league. They against the best teams that they've played so far this year. If you go through their schedule when they played the Browns and the Dolphins and uh, you know on down the line, the, the teams that made the playoffs, they're averaging 36 points per game in those games. I mean, they pile-drived the Niners on Christmas Day. They destroyed the Texans in the playoffs. Like they, 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 they rise in the competition and then some. Yet still, it's a popular thing on national talk radio to question Lamar Jackson. I, I guess I just don't get it. I was hearing on the national radio yesterday, well, he only threw for 152 yards. It's like, did you watch the game? Yeah. He makes all the throws. He controls the offense. The style that they play, they just don't gain that many yards. Right. If they're only gaining 300 yards and he's accounting for 270 of those, it seems as if he's a pretty uh, important and prolific piece of an offense. Well, and he rushed for 100 yards. Cool. That's There's right. Like, I mean, 256 yards of offense is, is about average in a good playoff game against a team in the Texans that played fairly well. Yeah. It was 10-10 at halftime. They they got after him. Uh, they sacked him several different they times. Did, yeah. um, I thought the Texans had a great game plan. Um, they got a big special teams play. So, Coulter, there's a lot of reasons, and we all know them, of why people are critical of Lamar Jackson. You know, you may not like his interview style. You may not like the fact that he uh, runs the football uh, at will. You may not like the fact that he's never really been able to win in the playoffs. So those things are sure. all easy to be critical of him. Um, at some point, I think that's probably where this whole narrative is going to lead, Coulter, or rather this storybook that we're f- following of 2023 into 2024 is Lamar Jackson goes and crowns himself a Super Bowl and everyone can just go ahead and shut up. It's <laughs> exactly right. Brooks Nuwana's here uh, on Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio. I also think people's minds are skewed in terms of statistical production for running quarterbacks because they look at college numbers. Quarterbacks in the NFL, if you're rushing for 50 yards, that's huge. They look at guys 25 like Tom- yards is a lot. Yeah, right. They look at guys like Tommy Mallott, for example, that rush for like 100 all the time because he's a zone read quarterback that carries the ball 20 to 25 times and a game. Also, Colter, in college, 
college sacks don't count as negative rushing yards. That's right. In, and in, in the, the NFL, NFL, they, they do. do. That's so right. if you are Josh Allen and you run for 35 yards and take two sacks, it's like net 11. Right. Net 17 right. yards. So that's know? like when Lamar Jackson's flirting with 100 yards even when he did it's get sacked, sacked three times. Ta- yeah. Four times. I mean, yeah. So he, I mean, he's rushing for 150 by the time yeah. he take away. Yeah. And that's just, in the NFL, that's other thing. People's numbers are skewed. They think, okay, 200 yards is a, is a great game, 250 is elite, 300 is dominant, because that's what it is in college. In the NFL, if you rush for more than 130 yards, you're killing it. 150 is unbelievable. 175 is is crazy. 200 is you know, happens only a couple times a year. Yeah. Like when the when the Eagles rushed for 289 yards against the Vikings on Monday Night Football earlier early in the year, it, it looked like they rushed for a million yards. Yeah. <laughs> no, teams can run for 70 yards and have a good game. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I, I think that we're both on the same page. Lamar Jackson's legit. Real and quick, Colter, who, who's the best running quarterback to win a Super Bowl? Best running quarterback to win a Super Bowl? Did Steve Bowl Young win a Super Bowl? Steve Young won a Super Bowl. So he's got to probably it's be probably right Steve there. Young or Russell Wilson, if you can consider Russell And Steve Wilson. Young wasn't a running quarterback after the what the seventh eighth year of his career, he rushed for significantly less than he did early. Well, in his Martin Mornaway, who coached Steve Young, would tell you the number one thing that they had to do with Steve Young is is take the hits off of him. That's what they're trying to do with Lamar Jackson, but uh, it doesn't work because he's too dynamic. If you say that it's, <laughs> he's it, too, it's right. if, if you say that Lamar Jackson's peers are Steve Young, who's a, a legend, and Russell Wilson, who is in his own right. Lamar Jackson's significantly better than both those players. Well, Mar- like Marty Mornowick said on Monday on the show, he said in his 27 years grading NFL draft prospects across the board, that Lamar Jackson was the highest graded in terms of football playing ability of any player he ever scouted. And Marty Mornowick coached Brett Favre and Steve Young and Michael Vick and Don- Donovan McNabb you know, all across Jalen Hurts. He said Lamar Jackson in terms of his, what he evaluates in terms of athletic prowess and as a pure football player, instincts, recognition, spatial awareness, he says the highest grade player he's ever he's ever evaluated, which is uh, pretty impressive. Brooks Nuanas here on uh, Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. The the Packers got a lot to be proud of, but man, it just is brutal that they lost it because of their, their kicker. I mean, Anders Carlson missed 13 field goals this year. Including the one in the the deal in the uh, in the divisional round that I can't say completely cost them because it wasn't at the end of the game, but they lost by three points, so it certainly was impactful. But that's all to say then that the Niners just keep on chugging. And it's just so funny that the the omnipresent narrative continues to be is Brock Purdy elite or not? But it just seems like if the Niners have at least most of their guys healthy, they're they're the team to beat in the NFC. Yeah, it's, it's likely Debo Samuel doesn't play. Uh, Brock Purdy played terrible. Colter. He looked awful. Um, it's he did. been my, my question, not of, is he a good player? Um, it was my thing early in the season, you know, kind of in the preseason, saying, I don't think the Niners are going to win the NFC because I don't think Brock Purdy's good enough to. Maybe not yet. Um, and throughout the year, he completely shut that down and played really high-level football, but he looked terrible um, on Saturday. Or, yeah, Saturday. Regardless, uh, they're still the team to beat defensively, the uh, best best defense in the NFC, and you know facing a good Lions team coming up here. But we'll see. I think that the Lions are going to give it a real uh, a real a real chance at it. Well, on the the Lions note, yesterday on Wednesday, you heard from Casey Fitzsimmons, a former Detroit Lion tight end, who was on the uh, unfortunately on the 0-16 team. He is a Chester, Montana native and a Carroll College alum, and he was kind enough to join us as part of our ESPN roundtable. Well, he's great friends with Dan Campbell. And and so to get Casey's perspective on, 
you know, living in Detroit for seven years, going through all the hard times they went through, playing for the Lions with Dan Campbell when they were so downtrodden, and now here they are. It's really great stories in sports. And, and you were a Lions fan when we were kids, man. Are you are you back on the Lions train? Do you still have some affinity? I do. Um, I mean, it's easy now the position I'm in because I've fully accepted being <laughs> a fair weather fan of almost everything. Well, that's what you have to be. In I just sports. really like the good stuff. Yeah, so that's right. I don't like to watch some team and put on a certain color then act miserable for a week over the results of it. That's just me. That's just me. <laughs> that's I get us, how yeah. people want to do that, but for me, I just like watching the good stuff. The Lions happen to be there. It does make me feel happy because it is a proud city um, with with what should have tradition. Unfortunately, it doesn't in the last three I know. We were talking about that on our group text with our mom. Detroit has unbelievable tradition across the board as a city, as what they've created, of all the people, all the famous people that have come out of there. There's been more famous people out of Detroit. It's crazy, the list of famous people from Detroit. And they've been awesome in hockey. They've had World Series championships in baseball. The Pistons have had awesome teams. I mean, they have three NBA championships. The Lions have got nothing. They've had nothing. They're one win away from this being the greatest season in the history of the Detroit Lions. This is already probably tied with two other seasons. In I mean, I guess they won the 57 uh, NFL championship in the pre-Super Bowl era. But in terms of the Super Bowl era, it's 1991, the last time they were in the conference championship game. And this year, those are the two greatest seasons in Lions history. If they could beat the 49ers, it's the greatest season in Lions history. That's pretty cool. Not only can they, they absolutely might. They absolutely might. Uh, last one to touch on, Chiefs-Bills. I, I we could get into the the talk of the the legacy and all that. We you and I were texting about it. Me and Marty Mordowick talked about it on Monday. Josh Allen might just be Dan Marino. He might just be stuck where he just happens to be the exact same age in the exact same conference as Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Joe Burrow. We'll see. He still has a lot of time left to write his story. He probably has at least five, if not ten, really good years left. He's only twenty seven years old and he's an elite athlete. But uh, Mahomes keeps on winning. He's into rare air now. I mean, uh, 13 playoff wins, which is more than Aaron Rodgers, more than Roger Staubach, more than Troy Aikman, as many as Ben Roethlisberger and Brett Favre. And uh, one more, he'll tie Peyton Manning and a couple, uh, t- Terry Bradshaw. So he is, he's into the upper echelon already. What it all comes down to for me, though, in that game is good job by the Chiefs to go on the road and get that win. But if you're Josh Allen, you got to make those two throws. If you're going to play the game where you're going to take shots at the end zone instead of go for the first down, and you've already milked that much clock, you just got to make one of those two throws. You got to throw a touchdown. Yeah, I don't know. I just watched Josh Allen do Josh Allen things. You know, yeah. This is just who yep. he is. And yep. I, I heard some interesting conversation about, you know, what the, what is the right team makeup for Josh Allen? Mm. And, and it might not be what they've had. Mm-hmm. And they might just need to retool. It might not be Stephon Diggs and then like a, a average stable of running backs. Like, why not try to run the football a little bit more? Why not? There's just some things that I think the Bills could do that would make Josh Allen a little bit more successful. Also, you got to rein him in at some point. And that comes from a coach. That comes from a player's decision. You know, kind of a, an organizational uh, identity, if you will. But at some point, you just can't turn the ball over. Patrick Mahomes wins these games because he plays different style of football in the playoffs. He's playing playoff football. That's it's right. a thing. All of the all-time greats who ever make it to championship games, let alone Super Bowls, all know that there's only one thing that matters. Mm-hmm. Is if you have the football, you probably can't lose. Mm-hmm. Um, and Josh Allen gives up the football. I mean, he led the league in picks this year. He's got 120 picks in six years. I mean, <laughs> it's crazy. It's wild. <laughs> Brooks Duan is here on All Football All the Time, presented by Sportsman Montana. All right, well, we only got... Uh, we only got two lines to guess, so I guess we'll start with the early game, which is the Chiefs at the Ravens. I can't wait to see 
if this line moves, I, I, I got to say that the Ravens are home favorites. I mean, as the one seed playing in Baltimore, but I can't imagine it's that much. I'm, I'm saying two and a half or three and a half. I think they're just getting the home field. Those are different. I, I, I think it's, I think it's three and a half. Wow. Against Patrick Mahomes, three and a half. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, wh- how? Because I think that there's something with the odds makers that has changed. The, the odds makers, the numbers know that the Chiefs aren't that good. But they are because they just won two playoff games. It's, I think that the analytics and the eye tests say that it's Patrick Mahomes' best defense he's ever played with. That's right. Oh, it absolutely is true. I mean, they're second in the NFL in sacks. So you get Patrick Mahomes with a, with a good defense? Yeah. Travis Kelsey had the, took his inhaler, puffed it up, <laughs> was running well. Yeah. Kelsey was dominant. I think it's absolutely. Because, I think it's because of the numbers. The I think the book has this because of the way that Ravens have beat down the best teams that they played. Yeah, so far I hear that year. for sure. I hear that big time. As far as what the total is, I have no idea. Well, I think that the three and a half guys. Remember when we talk about the hook there? You got to win by more than a field goal. You, Coulter, you know my favorite bet, line to bet in the last two years, right? It's one and a half because I have seen so many two point games. Yes, because of the two point conversion yep, being and the moved back extra, and point. then the moved back extra yep. point. So you have to be so careful with that. So three and a half becomes what if? I mean, that becomes a whole different game. I do think that the Ravens should be favored, and I, I mm-hmm. like that. But I would almost say that. I think it would be more justifiable to put to put it at four and a half, or even f- five and a half. I would feel comfortable. I guessed four and a half because mm-hmm. I thought that that was like a a, a team that's going to win. Mm-hmm. But to say that they're going to win by three and a half means that they they're going to eke it by, but have to win with margin. It's kind of like a double sided. Yeah, you're right because uh, the home field is worth two and a half. So they're basically saying they're a one point a favorite. one point favorite. It's like no, just make them a two or three point a three favorite. point favorite. Right. Uh, the over under is half, 40, yeah. 44 and a half. Man, okay, that's that's an interesting one too. I'd probably take the over in that one, but it's going to be you're going to be pressing it pretty hard. It'll be right there. It'll be right that there. That puts it the, the the implied total at twenty four twenty. Yeah. Um. You know, or twenty. You know, right in that little zone. All right, uh, the second game, off football all the time, presented by Sportsbet Montana. Get that Sportsbet Montana app in your life. That's what Brooks is looking up, the over-unders on. There's also just so many different teaser options on there as well. If you are interested in learning more about what a teaser is, they have a little tutorial on there uh, as well, but it's where you manipulate the line a little bit, tease it up, tease it down, all that sort of stuff. The uh, the night game, I was actually surprised that, I think this is all has to do with just broadcasting rights, right? But I was surprised that they put the Chiefs and the Bills, or Chiefs and the Ravens, excuse me, during the first slot, and but there's not a night game, so I guess it doesn't really matter. Well, it's a night game on the East Coast. Um, yeah, I guess it's six thirty. Six thirty. I just thought they would put that AFC game there. I think that historically, that the the early games get way more way more love in mm. like in this part of the year. Maybe during the the middle okay. of the regular season, the Cowboys always play in the afternoon because maybe then. But I think that there's this there's a reason for it. Well, I mean, there must be because there wasn't a night game on Sunday either, and the NFL's not going to pass up when the highest ratings are. They, right. they want the one in the 4.30, or I guess on the East Coast, it'd be the 3 in the 6.30. Right, right. Um, okay, Detroit at San Francisco. I, I I think that the Lions probably got disrespected on this line. I I think it's... it's well, I know it's higher than the other one. I I think that the Niners are probably a touch a close to a touchdown favorite. I'm going to say 6.5. Yep, you're all over it. I thought that's high, man. I thought that both games should have been 4.5. Um, I don't see reason really to not uh, a full touchdown for a Niners team that's coming off of, of uh, you know it wasn't a great performance. I, mean, exactly. I did not think they looked great. The Lions, on the other hand, did look great. Played a good Bucks team. It's just a hard team to beat. You know, sometimes that's yeah. coach speak. Dan Campbell said that in the locker room. He said it's a hard team to beat, man. 
It really is, though. It's just they have some pieces that are hard to deal with, and they got rolling, and they kind of dominated that game. They definitely dominated. That and I game. thought the Lions looked great, so I, I did think that was a drop of disrespect as well. Um, you got to assume it'll probably be good weather there in San Francisco, and Josh Allen or Josh uh, Jared Goff is from the area. I like everything about the Lions in that game, especially if you're going to take some points like that. I I totally agree because Detroit, they're so good offensively, and part of that, one of the most underrated parts of that, is how good their offensive line is. Really good offensive line. But the Niners can neutralize. The Niners are going to have an advantage with their defensive front against every team, every single team they play. They have the best front in the NFL. Them and the and the Ravens are the two best fronts in the NFL, definitely. And so, can the the Lions keep Jared Goff upright? Can they run the ball a little bit? Those are big time. And then, uh, as it has all year, but it's going to come down to it again. The Lions are great stopping the run. They're not any, very good against the pass. But does Debo Samuel play or not? That's definitely something to watch. I think you could definitely lean toward Lions, at least covering if Debo Samuel's out. And uh, how does Brock Purdy play? I mean, that's really what it's going to come down to. Yeah, the Lions are, I mean, I don't want to call it a team of destiny, but they're kind of playing with house money right now. No, they are. Kind of the team, you know, out of, besides the Ravens, there are three I'd probably just not want to play the Lions, um, which is, you know, again, a good spot for them. You mentioned the secondary, Colter. They've struggled in the secondary, uh, but they can score the ball. Over-under is 51 and a half. It's a high total for a playoff game. Yeah. I think that uh, the Lions can dictate any kind of pace on offense. If they can say, hey, we're going to be able to score today, I think they got a chance. Off of ball time presented by Sportsbet Montana. All right, so the betting lines and, and all the prognosticators and even the conspiracy theorists say that it's going to be Ravens versus Niners. In other words, the number one seeds, the two 13-win teams uh, in the uh, the Super Bowl. What deters you from thinking that could be true? Well, the NFL script of Patrick Mahomes, <clears throat> which, right. which he writes himself, but there's right. also a reality that the more Taylor Swift is on the screen, the more eyeballs will be on the screen. Well, and it's, it's true. Well, and, and regardless of if it's, if it's rigged or not, it's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, right? it's I not mean, rigged. I mean, he goes to the Super Bowl every year. That's just kind of how it goes. Yeah, he sure does. He's, you know, been to six AFC championship games in six years as a starter. Uh, been to three Super Bowls, one, two, or four Super Bowls. I think uh, what I would like to see, Coulter, is I'd like to see Lions, Lions, Ravens. Um, it's kind of what's in my back pocket. Mm. A little steel belt action, mm-hmm. a little bit of where football matters up north oh, is yeah. where football matters, oh, baby. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, keep uh, the trend going. I think that there's nothing wrong with that. But the cool thing is, Coulter, that at the end of the day, of course, I can say it now, and maybe a little recency bias. I think these are the four best teams. I think that's right. I think that the, if in the middle of the year... That's what's crazy about the I had NFL. the Lions as like a f- the fourth, fifth, sixth best team, yep. and then by the end of the year, it's like they're like the fourth best team. Yeah, I mean, the only real thing that Cowboys changed, were a little bit ahead of them the, for a while. For the, I mean, that's I was going to say, the only things that really changed were that Eagles and the Cowboys fell off the pace. That's it. I even thought, though, that you didn't. Eagles, you, were off, you were off the Eagles early, for like sure. Like, the Eagles, like, week nine, I was like, the Lions would whoop the Eagles right now. They're like 10 and, they're like, you know, <laughs> nine sure. and one or something. It's like, I think that they would, I think the Lions are better. Uh, they've really come into themselves, and they've bought into the identity, and they, they're playing for each other, open and honest, right? I mean, like, it's a huge thing, and um, that's, that's, they got their hands full at the Lions, or the ni- 49ers. Don't get me wrong here. I think the 49ers should be favored in this game. Um, but yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's the four best teams. I think you could talk me into all four of these teams winning. I think they their games. all win the Super Bowl. That's right. So yeah. here's what I'm going to do. Here's I always give you my little uh, multiple game parlays. I'm not giving you a money line parlay. I'm giving you a points parlay this week. This is as easy as it gets. The Chiefs to cover seven and a half. 
the Lions to cover seven and a half. That's plus 212. I just think that neither one of these teams is going to, even if they lose, I don't think they're going to get blown out. And, uh, you know, that's uh, 100 to win 300, basically. So, um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not telling you to do it. I'm just telling you that's what, that's what I'm going to do. So I just, I don't think either one of those are going to. I don't think any of these games are going to be total blowouts. Maybe I'll be wrong, but uh, excuse me, I just put it in just to, to make sure and check. It's actually plus 174, but that's still uh, good on. So that's 100 to win 273. I don't know. I mean, don't you think though that both, both uh, the road dogs can, can cover a touchdown at least? I do. I, I like that. Yep. I would. I love teasing them up a little bit and covering a touchdown and maybe even take a little bit higher. You know, I had, I had uh, Packers last week at 10 and a half and a couple other win, wins like that that I took took home some money. Um, I also won uh, two of the three halftime full-time bets. So bet mm-hmm. who's up at halftime. So if you like the favorite, you bet someone like last week, I bet Ravens to, to be up at halftime and to win the game against the Texans. They tied at half. Right. You know, you lose that <laughs> one, but I still like the bet. Um, another one this week, if you liked both favorites, you know, you could take Niners uh, halftime full-time and Ravens halftime full-time and um, you're going to get some pretty solid odds. We will have a, a break next week, uh, both because of uh, Wilbur Watch 2024 and also because of uh, the fact there won't be any games next week. We'll be back for all football all the time for a little Super Bowl edition here uh, in a couple of weeks. But in the meantime, uh, check out the Sportsbet Montana app. Visit the Sportsbet Montana website. And uh, appreciate Brooks Nuanas for joining us all football season. Thanks for being here, man. Absolutely. Thanks. Brooks Nuanas, Coulter Nuanas, all football all the time. Getting that all wrapped up here on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Surely an exciting Sunday coming up for the Niners and Lions and Ravens and Chiefs. Going to be two tight games, and I agree with Coulter in that. I expect both of those games to be close, and I expect both road teams to surely give the home team a run for their money. I would expect Baltimore to be a little bit more... Of a in a comfortable spot, yes, Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes. I'm probably going to eat my words going against the great one in Mahomes, but I would like the Ravens in that matchup and the 49ers. Maybe we'll have Debo Samuel back. Saw that he was back at practice today for San Francisco, so surely a good sign for Debo's health as he looks forward for the Niners to get back to the Super Bowl place where they were last in 2021. Coming up, Segment 5, the Bitterroot Breakdown. Look at some high school hoops that's taken place this week. Look at some teams around the Bitterroot that have been doing well in recent weeks. And take a look at what's going on around high school basketball around the Treasure State. Then we'll roll you through, maybe take a look at some more NFL talk and maybe where coaches are or not headed here in the final hour, wrapping things up here on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. This is Nuanas Now. ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio and SWX. I guess not on SWX as of now. We were in the first hour, but we're preempted here on this Thursday. Still catching us, though, on your screen on the ESPN MT app. SWX looks like they're airing, had some high school hoops on earlier this week from West on I-90, or I should say, actually, bringing in Bitterroot Breakdown here in segment number five. They're Playing a game from the Bitterroot, Hamilton and Corvallis getting together on Tuesday, but looks like they're down in the Electric City today on SWX. 
looking at some Frontier Conference hoops. Providence out in front of Rocky Mountain College right now. Looks like in the second quarter, 23-16. Real solid hoops in the Frontier Conference. Carroll College has been fabulous this season. Multiple Gatorade Player of the Year candidates out there at Carroll. So who knows? Maybe we'll talk in some fighting saints, some Argos, it's some something like that at some point here on Nuwana's Now at some point. But right now, though, segment five, it's time for the Bitterroot Breakdown, presented by Farmers State Bank, enriching the lives of Montanans since 1907. Thinking about the Bitterroot, the big story from a couple of days ago on the boys' side of things, Hamilton, they last season kind of did not have their end of the year go they, the way they wanted it at the state tournament. They were out in two games, going out really in a tight game to Billings Central and losing loser out action at the state tournament, finishing 0-2 at the state tournament, losing by just two points to Billings Central to see their season come to a close. Well, for the Hamilton Bronx, they're rolling as they were able to pick up a win earlier this week and and lost to eventual Lewis Central champion Lewistown as well. Another note note on Hamilton last season, but they were able to pick up a big win on Tuesday, 62-57 over Frenchtown. So pretty local matchup there. Thinking about Frenchtown just west of us here on I-90 and Hamilton keeping their season rolling. They are now, the Bronx are now at 13-0. Also recently picked up a win over Corvallis, 54-46 did the Hamilton Bronx. Number two in the Class A ranks, just looking at the poll, Butte Central, number two. Billings Central, uh, actually playing the number three ranked team in Class A on the boys' side. Lockwood losing to Billings Central, 59-50 in action earlier this week. Also seeing Dillon in the top five of the Class A ranks, again looking at high school boys basketball, tying in the Bitterroot Valley. More action now on the girls' side of things in Class A. Big Fork from out there in the Flathead. They have been dominant to this point, and they were continuing that trend on Monday, taking out Browning 59-30, to ranked number two in Class A girls' hoops in Class A Frenchtown. From just again on down I-90, they are 10-1 so far. Billings Central, team that seemingly always seems to be in the mix in Class A, Thinking about their recent battles with the Haver Blue Ponies at the state tournament game, Billings Central and Haver have played a number of times in state tournament championship games the last couple of seasons. Billings Central looks to be on a roll once more. They're at 10-1. Miles City also in the top five at 10-1. Dillon in the top five at 9-2. So both teams from Dillon boys and girls side both picking up some pretty good recognition at Class A hoops here in the state of Montana. Surely we'll be looking at Class A and Class AA hoops and hoops around the whole entire state of Montana. As remember, the Class AA state championship will be coming to the Garden City here in March. That's something I'm very excited for to be able to be involved with the Class A hoop scene and just pumping up the high school basketball scene in general across the state of Montana. That was something that I was so happy to be a part of when I first started my sportscasting career here in the state of Montana. Shout out to all the folks up there on the High Line, North Central Montana. Started my career with new media broadcasters up there in Haver. Got a chance to cover Class A, the Haver Blue Ponies, mentioned them, all the way down to Class C. And 
being at those divisional tournaments, the Class C divisional, I was at those 8 a.m. loser out games and just seeing the culture around those teams and those small towns really rally around those teams. I think it's really cool. Class C, thinking about Seiko, how they've just been continuing to roll through high school hoops. They're the number one ranked team in girls basketball. Saw a real lopsided score for those folks down in Seiko. So shout out to the small towns out in north central Montana. Big reason why I'm standing here in this studio today is because I was living up with you guys up there for those two years. We're going into our last segment here on Nuwana's Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Myself and Andrew Houghton will bring you home on this Thursday. Talk maybe some NBA. Recently, the starters for the All-Star Game have been introduced for both the Eastern and Western Conference. Also, a new coach is headed to the Atlanta Falcons, and his name is not Bill Belichick. So we'll talk about kind of the ebbs and flows of the NFL coaching carousel and some more stuff as we wrap up your Thursday here on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Glad you're here with us on a Thursday. Wrapping up, Nuwana's now our final hour, final segment here on a Thursday. Andrew Houghton along with me, Jeff Safford, rolling you through this last segment. We're going to start things off. Mentioned we'd be talking the NFL with Bill Belichick, but some pertinent news coming down the pipe. Andrew, know you just mentioned that the starting lineups have been introduced for both the Western and Eastern Conference for... The NBA All-Star team, NBA All-Star, of all the All-Star showcases that are put together, to me, baseball and basketball get it right. And I enjoy the duck contest, the three-point contest, and the uniforms, to me, with the NBA, I think that they should just allow them to wear the team uniforms they represent or maybe pull in some old throwback uniforms. But, Andrew, what do you have for the... Two teams on the Western and Eastern Conference for the upcoming All-Star Game. Yeah, Jeff, if you were hoping to be surprised, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but uh, Western Conference, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, Kevin Durant, Luka Doncic, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Eastern Conference, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, Tyrese Halliburton, and Dame Lillard. Maybe a bit surprising that the Bucs got two players on there, but other than that... Uh, pretty straightforward. Uh, note here the the headline on ESPN.com: twenty All Star selections for LeBron James. Twenty All Star teams. Whoa! It's uh, it's sort of baffling and shocking to think about. I mean that that just seems unbelievable. I, I mean to play for twenty seasons seems crazy. Yeah, it's his, his 21st year, and the thing is is that it's not really a pity selection. I mean, you could argue no. that he shouldn't be starting this year, but I think he's still pretty clearly an all-star this year, uh, so that's pretty wild. But other than that, pretty uh, pretty straightforward. And another player that maybe it took him a few years to really gain traction in the NBA, but now has really blossomed into a superstar is... SGA down there in Oklahoma City, and clearly him being in the starting lineups, folks around the NBA feel the same way, that he is one of the best now in basketball. Yeah, that's right. I mean, and it's hard to argue with him, right? The the Thunder are the best team in the West, 
And he's their best player. He's just one of my favorite players to watch. You know, so such a great, smooth, mid-range game, the way he gets to the rim. Scoop shots. He can finish from any angle at the rim. The other one, shout-out to Tyrese Halliburton, right? First yeah. all-star start, second appearance, but the game's in Indianapolis this year. I think Tyrese Halliburton's emergence has really given that city and the Pacers a jolt, a boost. You know, their run to the in- through the in-season tournament earlier in the season where they lost to the Lakers in the finals. Really, uh, it, it's good for the league when people are excited about basketball in Indiana, right? And Tyrese Halliburton getting his first all-star start in his home in his home team city. Uh, just cool for Indianapolis. Yeah, I would agree with that a thousand percent. I mean, you think of Indiana as a basketball state, obviously, from movie Hoosiers, but even in college basketball, Assembly Hall is one of the game's most special venues for the University of Indiana, Butler University as well. And Indianapolis, that city, just seems to just live and breathe the Pacers. And they have so many different bones to pick with so many different NBA franchises. Thinking back to the old rivalries with the New York Knicks or the Chicago Bulls. So you're right. Thinking about historically a team that's had so many battles or even more recently with the Miami Heat, thinking about LeBron James and those battles with Paul George, Rory Hibbert, and those teams in the Eastern Conference Finals, those couple of seasons. But so to see the Pacers kind of back on that upward trend and seeing a player like Halliburton, who to me is a little bit unlike an NBA star in that he's a guy that plays great defense and is a good distributor, I think it's good to see a guy that's not just your a scorer, so to speak, have some love. I think that's awesome, too. Definitely agree with that. Uh, anything else for the for the All-Star games here? One thing I would think that's interesting is looking at it is that it's back in Indiana. Like and it's fitting that you have this starter Halliburton in his, you know, in his backyard starting for the Pacers. That's just going to kind of continue to cultivate excitement for the Eastern Conference and for a conference that already is so tight looking at the Bucks and everybody else. It's going to be pretty exciting to see what happens after the break. Alright, did you see the full-size basketball court they put in the middle of the Indianapolis airport to promote the All-Star game? Did you see the pictures of that? I did not. Yeah, they've got in the big concourse at the, the Indianapolis airport, they got a full-size NBA basketball court with All-Star branding all over it. Uh, just like, you know, hop in a game while you're while you're making your connection. Hey, you never know. I know, Andrew, you're a pickup basketball guy. So ball is life. Ball is life. And, I mean, I'm not sure if I'm going to end up on a court anytime soon. I did play high school basketball and through some in college, but I haven't taken on any rec basketball. But, Andrew, have you, you've been around the rec scene around Missoula some. Do you think I should start playing some ball? I mean, I think playing basketball is one of the best ways to keep yourself healthy, man. Like, I, it's so good for me. It's the one thing that I do that I really look forward to to keep myself myself in shape. As mentioned previously, we're getting old, <laughs> older and older by the day. Uh, and, like, having something that you really enjoy that keeps you active, so good for me. And for me, that is playing basketball, whether that's pickup or just by myself with a ball and a hoop. So, yeah, man, you got an open invitation to the Y if you want it. There we go. And um, if one thing, Ben Folks from the first segment, him talking about just jumping into the world of hockey, that surely is a more tough sport to get in contact with. I mean, you got skating and getting checked into the boards to worry about. Basketball isn't so bad, so maybe I should 
roll into that. And one last thing here, one last topic to get to here on Nuanas now, thinking about moving from basketball to football. A new coach for the Atlanta Falcons has been introduced, as we alluded to before break, Raheem Morris. Kind of interesting deal there. I remember he was the interim coach in 2020, and they decided to go with Arthur Smith as the head coach instead of Morris. He leaves, he wins a ring with the Rams as the D coordinator, where he's been the last couple of seasons. And now Arthur Smith gets axed, and now Morris is back in. Interesting hire for the Falcons. Obviously, they are thinking more of a defensive standpoint, but maybe more of a headline. Bill Belichick, who had two interviews with the Falcons, not in Atlanta. Well, that's the interesting one because you think that the landing spots for Bill Belichick starting to dwindle down here, right? We had yes. Jim Harbaugh going to the Chargers the other day. Now Raheem Morris takes the spot in Atlanta that Bill Belichick was closely linked with. Uh, don't really want to speculate, but I don't know. Could we see Bill Belichick taking a year off here? Just saying, you know, withdrawn from the other job, from consideration for the other jobs, taking a year off, seeing what opens up next offseason. I mean, as we discussed... Yeah. Does the Dallas job come open next offseason? Does the Philadelphia job come open next offseason? Chicago doesn't have as much talent as those teams, but we're talking about the storied franchise in the NFL. Does the Chicago Bears job come open next offseason? Uh, so it'll be interesting to, to see about that. But talking about the guy who the uh, Atlanta Falcons actually did hire, kind of an interesting one. He's got some history on the staff there, as you mentioned. He is their interim coach. Uh, in 2020, but he's been with the Rams. He's he's been with the the Falcons for for several years, 2015 to 2020. So he's got some history there, but not a real inspiring name, right? Not one of the right. the hot up and comers. And we're talking about the talent that's on the market this offseason. Not Jim Harbaugh. Not Mike Vrabel. Not Bill Belichick. No, and he doesn't have a track record of success as a head coach in the NFL either. He had been a coach with the Buccaneers, I believe, from. 09 to 2011 or 12. 09 to 11. And his numbers there were not all that great either. I would imagine well below 500. So. Yeah, really interesting for him in Tampa Bay, actually. He went 3 and 13, 10 and 6, 4 and 12, and was out. So he had the one good year in there and he just couldn't keep it going. And he had a short leash, too. They, they let him go after going 4 and 12 in 2011. But I agree with you, Andrew, on the topic of Bill Belichick and. He very well could be just thinking about, well, just think about what's going on here with this coaching carousel. Take a minute, take some time with my family, take a deep breath, and make a decision from there. And maybe he lends on, on television or something. Maybe he takes a familiar role to what we've seen from Bill Cower, thinking about the role he went into with CBS, where he was thinking, taking some time off, and then... Just decided to stick with CBS. So it'll be interesting to see where the best NFL coach of all time heads. That's it here on Iwana's Now. Thanks to all of our guests and Andrew Houghton behind the glass. This is Jeff Safford signing off on ESPN Missoula. Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that yeah. might, it must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home 
and uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on, and it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Yeah, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you, but when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now <laughs> for the <laughs> University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that, but um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just want to make sure uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time.